0: Hey, everybody. This is Jonathan on another episode of The Blind Entrepreneur. I have a good friend of mine. His name is David Feynman. He's formerly the co-founder of The Zombie Run. He's on to his sixth venture. He is now the founder of Viral Ideas. He's 23 years old from Philadelphia. David, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great today, John. How are you doing? I'm doing – couldn't be better. The The sun isn't shining anymore, but it's still a beautiful day. It's uh, never in sunny in Philadelphia. Exactly. As much as they say it is on uh, on TV. Uh, so the first question, really hard one, don't strain yourself. Tell us about yourself, who are you, and what is your story?
1: So I'm actually an accidental entrepreneur. So I originally back in, way back in high school, which wasn't too long ago for me, right. uh, thought I wanted to be a physical therapist and thought I wanted to go into a career where you know I was I was in medicine. And I ended up getting the chance to run a little bit and, and started running for cross country and for track and, and fell in love with the sport. And one of my good, good friends, Andrew, um, and I decided that my area needed a half marathon. So we, we, we put together a race called the Bucks County Half Marathon and it was, it was the first kind of entrepreneurial venture that I started. And from that, we, we kind of segued into a few other businesses, um, an entertainment company, XYZ Entertainment and a, another company called The Zombie Room which toured nationwide. So you know, this, this was all while I was going to school at, um, at, in high school in Bucks County and, and eventually college at Temple University.
0: Very cool. So tell us a little bit about your passion. Where does it come from? You said that you were a, uh, an entrepreneur by accident. Where did it all start?
1: So I think a lot of it actually started from running. Um, I found running to be a very entrepreneurial entrepreneurial activity, oddly. Um, it's something where you have to start from scratch. You know, When I first started running, I had asthma. I couldn't really do it too well and I had to start from the ground up and, and build and grow the mileage that I did. So, my passion for both entrepreneurship and running came from watching things grow. For running, it was the mileage and for entrepreneurship, it's building a company. So to me, building a sustainable organization is really what gets me up in the morning. Um, and also, like everyone says, they like to help others, but I, I really do love to see employees, people around me, grow as a result of the organization that we create together.
0: So at what age did you really start to find that true passion for running? Um, I found
1: that at around 16. I ran my first marathon at 16. Very cool. Uh, the Bucks half marathon was started somewhere around there as well. Um, and the zombie run was started out of... Um, Kind of an, as an accident as well. So, mm. we, we we started a, another race, the Trick or Treat Five Miler, to couple with Bucks Half Marathon. Never really took off too much, but what you know ended up landing on a, on this concept that we decided to take on tour throughout the country.
0: Mm. Okay, so how many half marathons or how many marathons have you run since uh, the age of sixteen?
1: I have done two total marathons, nice. like over seventy or eighty-five k's.
0: Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, tell us a little bit about the struggles early on in the beginning of your career. You could talk a little bit about the early struggles of uh, Zombie Run, and if you don't mind, explain a little bit more about uh, the early struggles that you're going through, uh, if you're going through them right now, through with uh, viral ideas.
1: Yeah. So, um, I would I would say I'm still at the beginning of my career. I'm only 23 years old. So, absolutely. Um, but I-, I think one of the biggest issues I personally face and it's been a consistent through all my businesses is my age at um 23 a lot of times it's you have to build a decent amount of credibility before someone takes you seriously mm-hmm. uh and, and this went through in zombie run even you know when we were hiring employees that were sometimes double our age and you know just building a level of credibility to be taken seriously and now now that i'm in viral ideas uh it's a digital marketing agency focused on digital fo- focused mainly on on social media marketing Um, The the biggest issue we're kind of facing now is, you know, okay, we're pitching these executives that are sometimes double, even triple our age, and we have to be taken seriously. So throughout all my businesses, I've overcome this by sometimes often over-preparing for something. So going into a meeting with mountains and mountains of research data that I probably don't need, but it's almost an overcompensation for the fact that I'm a 23-year-old entrepreneur.
0: Sure, sure. Um, on that same line, uh, tell me your biggest failure thus far, and this could be for either company or any of your six ventures, for that matter. Where was that moment where that you just knew that it was like, man, I really messed up?
1: I, I I never had like a like a moment. I would say where I was like, okay, like this was a huge mess up. However. I would say throughout all my businesses, my, my, my biggest shortcoming would be acting rashly. You know, when, whenever I make a decision and I like want to do it that day, it's probably the wrong one. Um, and a lot, a lot of times, you know, you'll hear a great sales guy, hear a great sales pitch and you'll, you'll come out of it and you'll be like, Oh, we have to have this. This is going to boost this. This is going to decrease that. And almost never from what I found is like acting, you know, making a decision in a day has never worked out well. Mm. In, in, in any of the decisions that I've had so um, specifically I, I started, one of the ventures I started was only lasted about three months, I started it back in college, thought I could replicate something I did in high school very successfully um, using a very similar model the venture failed very very quickly, failed fast and uh, me, me and the partners just shut it down before before we lost too much money so and, and and really honestly, it, it was I probably could have avoided that whole issue had I not acted rashly and started the venture to begin with. Mm,
0: okay, and so you learned what now. What what are some of the processes that you take now, in order to think more more rationally?
1: More more along the more along the lines of. I'm not saying I, I always act rashly. You know, it's
0: sure, absolutely. You know, it's a it's a very. But like what like when practical. you when you find yourself falling into that trap. You know, where do you like? Do you catch yourself now because of that, or like? And if you do catch yourself, um, like, how do you know you're getting to that place? So, if I start, you know, if I start to see
1: myself thinking about an issue very, very fast and say, "Okay, we have to," you know, buy into this now. Generally, that's that's for me when I know there's a rash decision about to be made. So, I take a step back and I I consult. Uh, I've always believed in mentors. I I'll call a mentor and ask them. What their thoughts are i'll find one of their competitors if we're if it's a matter of a purchasing decision call them and, and ask them and you know what their thoughts on their product are sure. so i can see the whole i can see the problem from many different angles and nice. usually coming at a problem with different angles in mind tends to help bring things back to reality
0: sure absolutely i think that's great advice um so efficiency is really important uh For any entrepreneur, what are some of the habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day?
1: So the single biggest thing, in my opinion, that I've done and and started doing um, is actually planning my day Mm. um, near minute by minute. So I actually have it right here. So I start every day, write what I want to do on a piece of paper.
0: Nice, nice.
1: And then the paper slowly starts to become a mess by the end of the day. Um, But... know, the night before, you know, obviously, so I I have my list at the beginning of the day of what I want to accomplish, but the night before, I'm actually inputting all that into my calendar, so I know that I I know about how long stuff's going to take me. So I'll start my day. You know, let's say I start my day at 6 a.m. and I'll I'll actually input, okay, I'm working on this client at this time. I'm now going to think about finance for this time. I'm going to take a lunch break from this time. I then have a meeting. I have an I have an hour drive there, so so I know exactly what I'm doing every minute of almost every day. Um, so it, it kind of forces me into being productive. Mm. And if I'm not following the path that I set throughout the day, I'm probably not going to accomplish everything on my list.
0: Right, right. So you block everything off throughout your day. Yeah, and I actually block off random free time. So like, oh, really?
1: like th- there'll be time in my day where I'll say, okay, like this is going to be random work. Um, I'll even block off. I'm pretty quick with email. Generally, it's like coming up in the background, but I'll block off when I'm actually answering it. So like I'll read my email, but I'll block off the two or three times a day we'll actually sit through and power through it.
0: Very cool. And is it different colors or is it all the same color?
1: It's all the same couple, color. So I have a couple different email addresses. Gotcha. And it all just funnels into one inbox. Nice. So
0: almost what are some of the resources that you use every single day that you can't live without?
1: Definitely Google Drive. Um, I manage my company almost exclusively off of Google Drive. Um, and if... We, that actually went down I think it was three weeks ago when mm-hmm. their servers went down. my whole company went down for like three or four hours Jesus so uh, we, we literally cannot live without Google Drive um, and if I didn't have my Apple products either I like that my com- I could text from my computer and Text from my phone and text from my iPad, and it all talks to each other.
0: Absolutely. Uh, what about apps? Uh, are there any apps that you that you love doing? Um, are there any? Uh, is there anything non-technological that you can't live without? Maybe it's like your your favorite blanket, uh, or maybe it's your uh, you know, maybe it's the gym or the, the whatever that may be. Is there anything else that is uh, that you can't live without?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm a very adaptable person, so I'm not like. I'm not someone who has to have my specific things, um, although I do. I, I'd, I'd have trouble going, being not at the gym three times a week if I if I didn't carve out that time.
0: Yeah. Now, do you still run throughout a uh, daily basis or a, a weekly basis? Mostly just general
1: fitness. Okay. Mostly just general fitness. I'm actually following a an extensive workout plan from strong lifts, so it's 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 more of a a bodybuilding strength routine. Okay. Over right. running right now, so.
0: So why is that, i mean, just curious, why is that important to you?
1: It helps with energy. So it actually correlates back to all my goals. So my goal is to be able to create a great company. And half of that is being able to work really hard and really, be really productive. Part of that is being healthy. So if I'm not healthy and able to work you know, 10 plus hours a day, uh, I'm not going to be able to do my job correctly. And part of that correlates to going to the gym and eating healthy. So it all kind of ties back to my my. My goals a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial day. What does the normal day look like? When do you normally wake up? When do you start working out? When do you go to bed? Uh, when does the day usually end for you?
1: Um, I usually try to wake up between six and seven in okay. the morning, depending on when I have a morning meeting. Um, I'll usually have a breakfast meeting, a lunch meeting, all usually sales related. Mm. Um, I do. I, have, I do have like a little morning routine where I, I get up and. Um, check my phone, make sure I didn't miss anything that night, and then listen to music and try to clear my head in the morning Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people are really into meditation; a lot of entrepreneurs are. I guess you could call that my version of meditation. It's my, it's my hour of music in the morning.
0: What type of music? I gotta, I gotta ask. It really
1: varies, actually. Um, Like like I said, I'm not a picky person, so some, some mornings you'll hear me listening to EDM, and other mornings you'll hear me listening to the Beatles. So okay. As long as i throwing some classical, like, Mozart stuff. So nice. I'm, I'm all over the place.
0: Very cool. And so that usually happens. So you have your lunch meetings. You have your, your breakfast meeting and lunch meetings. What about the end of the day? When does that usually end? How many hours a day uh, do you usually work?
1: So I'll usually – I mean, every day is different. But usually six days – you know, I'm usually starting my day around 8 a.m. If I wake up at 6, mm-hmm. first two hours or breakfast, maybe like a – Phone call or two, and then my day will continue probably till till ten p.m. Typically, Um, I break. I typically will break for dinner. Um, At least I try, Um, and then I'll then I'll either go to the gym somewhere in there, like nine o'clock, ten o'clock, or ten to eleven, and then I usually read for an hour before I go to bed.
0: Nice. Um, What type of books? All nonfiction.
1: So. I just got done reading 22 Irrefutable Laws of Marketing. Wish I read it sooner. I highly recommend that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm reading Steve Jobs' book right now, just read Elon Musk's book. Really good stuff.
0: Nice. So, awesome. what do you what is your objective in in reading these uh these popular, you know, these books, these inspirational books? Are you trying to adapt some of their philosophy, their styles to to yours or is it for another purpose? Uh,
1: I, I, I wouldn't say adapt styles, but I, I believe that every single successful person who's written a book is basically for like 20 bucks giving away all their secrets mm-hmm. in a book. Mm-hmm. So if you can even find like one little tiny nugget of information in each book that you read, I mean, I, I, that to me, that's like the greatest thing in the world. Sure. So I, I, I do try to take some philosophies from the books and translate them. Into what I do on a day-to-day
0: basis. This actually is a really good segue. Um, do you believe that there's a formula to becoming uh, to become a success? And if so, what is that? What is it? What do you think that formula looks like?
1: I, I don't think there's a formula, um, and I don't think it's luck either. Um, although I, I, I do see common traits in a lot of successful entrepreneurs. Um, I've noticed persistence. So, I, I mean, at least me personally, I, I've I mean just in viral ideas' we'll, I'll put out ten proposals and only get maybe two back that close and, and that could be just that could be like rather disheartening some days you know when you're when you've worked ten hours on a proposal and you want you want something to close and it doesn't close right. um, so everyone that I've noticed is like just doesn't give up they're persistent they keep going at it mm. but that said, I've also noticed that like persistence on a silly idea doesn't necessarily correlate to success.
0: Sure.
1: Um, I've also noticed that the entrepreneurs that have kind of worn every hat a little bit in an organization do really well, but the ones that outsourced everything from day one kind of don't have as strong an understanding of their business.
0: To uh, keep expanding on that a little bit. Yeah, so so I mean at least from my personal experience. Sure, absolutely.
1: Um we we started day one with me managing the books and I'm not like the greatest accountant in the world, but on day one, you know, I, I understood our numbers, and I understand every transaction going in and out of the bank account. And it's really comfortable to go hire a bookkeeper. You know, they're like thirty bucks an hour, and you can hire someone very easily. Right. However, like if you hire the bookkeeper, you're never going to understand your numbers. Same thing. You know, our core product is selling social media contracts, and before I even started hiring people, um, me and my business partner all did all the contracts ourselves, 100% of them. So. We learned a little bit of graphic design, so now we can better manage the graphic designer. Mm. And eventually, this becomes unsustainable, and it's starting to become unsustainable for us. But doing the work in the beginning um, not only helps with cash flow perspectives because it's my time that I'm using, but also it helps with understanding the business on a really, really deep level.
0: Mm. And so, you think that's one core that's that's one area of business that you don't think that you should that you should farm out. Well, at least in the beginning, sure, uh, right. Where, yeah.
1: you know, like you know, entrepreneurs that are starting out, I, I would say like definitely try to do as much as you can to start. Um, you have, I, mean, I did the math the other day. I mean, if you if you sleep like six hours a night, you have eighteen hours in a day and like over seventy hours in a week. So like, you could spend the majority of them working if you really had the persistence.
0: Yeah. So, so at what point of time do you believe is that that? that next phase that you should be farming that out. Is that to you, is that a dollar amount or is that a time amount? What do you what do you think?
1: Well, it's both. So I mean like in theory, if you run out of time in a week, you have to farm stuff out. Sure. However, if you run out of time in the week and you run out of money to farm it out, you may not have a viable business or you may need to raise money or depending on like what your situation is. Mm -hmm. So I mean, in my opinion, like there, there's a there's a threshold where like you literally cannot do any more work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a threshold where you can start to afford someone to to bring on.
0: Sure.
1: Um, I I always advocate. Any anyone asks me as, as a new entrepreneur, do you know, how do you start hiring? And we start hiring in a flexible form. So we we hire people based on on contractors. Yeah. If we were to lose you know half our clients tomorrow, we could scale back their work along with ours. Where if we had full time employees, as mm-hmm. well.
0: So. You know, I'll be honest. Not too many people um, that I've been interviewed thus far they've had a successful exit. Um, you know, obviously there are some things that you can and cannot talk about. But what are some of the things that you've learned uh, in selling, already selling a company and being acquired? Uh, if you just want to dive a little deeper into that.
1: Um, yeah, so, so we were we were Zamir was acquired by a company Human Movement, um, Colorado, and. I definitely learned um, a lot about making like a higher level sale through that you know it was, it was definitely an interesting experience um, it, was, it was the first time I, I was under I think it was 21 at the time when I, when I sold it and it, it was interesting to learn about what actually goes into like a multi a multi-prong sale I mean we